we are at the end of August, and with that means training camp and preseason is right around the corner, and it's time to start previewing the divisions. And today we are starting with the Hurricanes division, the Metropolitan Division. We will preview that division, give our predictions for it, all in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes. Your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of this Tuesday afternoon. I forgot what day it was for a second there, Andrew. And as I, as always, I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Schnitker. How are you doing today? Do this for a while. Um, now, you know, we've been waiting on a certain trade that we knew was going to happen and was probably going to impact the Metro and lo and behold, it did. But now we feel like all the major dust on the division has probably settled. Ironically, if there's any more major moves to come, they're probably going to come from the hurricanes. But Mm -hmm. we, I feel like that we now have a pretty good picture and can take stock of the Division, you know, under the current format, divisional play, divisional battles, but very, very important in the NHL. So we can kind of look at, you know, what, how the Hurricanes are going to stack up compared to the rest of the division. Spoiler alert, it's favorable um, mm-hmm. going into this season as they look to win a second straight Metropolitan Division title and a third straight, or no, excuse me, a... Yes, yes, a third straight division title overall. I COVID mm-hmm. era jumbled my brain for a second there. Yeah, yeah, you're good. And we'll start out talking about the Canes. Uh, we won't spend a whole lot of time on it just because we've been talking about it a lot. So we've kind of covered all of this stuff already. Obviously, you know they've made um, you know some good off season moves. You know their uh, defensive core that was already loaded and stacked is even more so now with the addition of Dmitry Orlov. Uh, and they've all, they're going to be a good regular season team. That's gonna that's a given. You know, they always are now, nowadays it's just going to be, can it, uh, stay that way throughout the playoffs? I think a big thing with that is going to be, can they stay healthy? Uh, if they have a healthy Andre Sveshnikov, I think their chances are looking pretty good there. And to no surprise, they are a lot of people's uh, preseason picks uh, to win a Stanley Cup. I'm seeing a lot of Sebastian Ajo for the Conn Smythe. So this team is going to be good. We know that. You you guys listening, you guys know the Hurricanes are going to be good this year. The Metro is theirs to lose, uh, but they are going to have some stiff competition uh, this year as well. But again, they have a really good team on paper. Uh, we've seen what this core of players can do in the past, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're doing this year. They're my pick to win the Metro again. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season for the Hurricanes, that's for sure. Yeah, I, they're also my pick to win the Metro again. You know, for everything you just talked about, especially you know, like we've said 
we expect them to trade away one of Brett Pesci or Brady Shea and potentially use that as a move to add another forward, which I think would make the overall picture better. Mm-hmm. But it, as we've talked about, I mean, as they stand right now, they don't have to make another move. And if you mm-hmm. just go into the season with what they've done with adding Dmitry Orlov, adding Michael Bunting, um, adding Tony D'Angelo as that second power play quarterback. They've added some more defensive depth. They've signed Caleb Jones, who actually, like, if you look at the analytics, played pretty well in a, in a like a second pairing role for a god awful Chicago Blackhawks team last year. I don't expect him to play regularly at all for the Hurricanes, but it's good depth to have. It's another good depth defenseman. You know, Don Waddell said it. Um, you certainly can never have enough defensemen. He is certainly living by that mantra this offseason. The Hurricanes also brought in Nathan Bellio on a um, PTO. He's been around. He was most recently with the Ducks, I think. He spent a mm-hmm. while with Montreal. Um, Walt Ruff covers the Hurricane, you know, the Hurricanes in-house beat writer. Pointed out that the Hurricanes kind of need at least 12 defensemen in camp because I think there's one day where they're doing one of those split squad preseason game type things. And Belio brings them up to that number. So don't expect, I really, really don't expect him to make the team. He's just, you know, sometimes you bring in a camp body. Maybe he does well with the Hurricanes in camp and he, you know, you know, ends up signing on with somebody else, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just funny. It feels like the Hurricanes have led the league this offseason in, hey, here's a depth defenseman you've heard of. We signed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree, and you know, you never know if uh, he does good on his PTO, like you said, you know, with you know, that uh, split day in preseason. You, know, you never know. He could, like you said, the Hurricanes are, you know, a team that is just signing up every defenseman. Maybe they sign him to like a two-way deal, send him down to the AHL, uh, wherever they end up, uh, who, whoever they end up uh, working with. I know Waddell has talked about that a little bit already, of you know, sh- talking to other teams about sharing an affiliate. Next season, they should be good to go. So, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily rule that out either, but, We'll just have to wait and see again. We've talked a lot about the Hurricanes and what they've done this offseason, and it's been a good one. Uh, but, you know, we'll just have to see if they do anything else. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. You know, they don't necessarily have to, but it wouldn't surprise us if they do. Now, moving on, uh, we are you know, going to hit uh, – who do you want to talk about next, Andrew? How, well, how do you want to go about this? We, we we talked about this beforehand. We figure what we're going to do here is we, we started at the top from the Hurricanes, but we're, we're going to plunge here. We're, we're going to dive down into the scary depths of the Metropolitan Division where, where dark and shadowy monsters that will be in closer contention for the number one overall pick than the Stanley Cup playoffs are lurking. But, yeah, we're, we're going to go from the bottom up of where mm-hmm. Jared and I expect these Metropolitan teams to finish. There's a couple that we've got that are somewhat interchangeable that I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if one finished above the other. But we are going to start at the basement. Um, Jared is wearing an orange shirt. I appear to be wearing an orange shirt with my lighting, but I'm actually wearing a Hurricanes uh, Sebastian Ajo jersey. But we are going to start in the orange, in the basement, with a team that I think – 
might be the worst team in the National Hockey League this season, the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, they are in, yeah, they're going to be bottom of the division for sure. Uh, they're in full rebuild mode. Um, they're, you know, basically anyone that anyone want, anyone on their roster that anyone wants, they're probably going to listen to. Uh, offers on that is basically a fire sale at this point. Uh, and yeah, I just, like, like you said, uh, they're going to be in contention for the number one pick. It's going to be a rough season for Philly. Uh, now, when they play Metro teams, you know, we always say this, you know, it doesn't matter if they're the top team, if they're the bottom team. Metro teams always play each other really, really tough. So Philly isn't going to be a pushover by any means. We want to stress that. They are, at the end of the day, still a National Hockey League team. And they have guys on their uh, roster that are good enough to play in the NHL. Maybe not for every team, but they are an NHL team. So you, know, you can never count them out. Uh, anything can happen on any given night. Uh, but yeah, Philly, I do not have high hopes for them. They're it's they're going to be a rough they're going to be a rough team to watch this year. And then uh, then they have their head coach, and you know, we heard about all the stuff you know, behind the scenes with that this or this past season, uh, folks butting heads. So it, it's going to be a rough year in Philly, that's for sure, and bottom of the division. Yeah, you mentioned the head coach. I don't expect John Tortorella to finish the 2023-24 season as the Philadelphia Flyers head coach. I think that is already not going very well. But, yeah, I mean, you look at their offseason – they bought out Tony D'Angelo. He ends up back with the Hurricanes. They traded away Kevin Hayes. They traded away Ivan Provorov, which I, I felt like they actually did pretty well on that one, especially for a team with their objectives, getting a first-round pick, uh, I believe, from the Kings in that three-way trade with them in Columbus, who, uh, spoiler alert, you'll hear about very soon. But, yeah, I mean, you look at their roster, I mean – like who scares you? I mean, they've, they've got Travis Konechny. I think Sean Couturier is supposed to be back healthy. Those are two good players, but you know, again, like you said, they're, they're kind of in fire sale mode. Uh, they might not trade Konechny just because he's a younger piece. He's a really good piece. He's on a yeah. bargain two years left with five and a half million cap hit. I continue to say that he would look real nice in uh red, black and white, but, I digress. Yeah, the 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 Flyers are they're a bad hockey team. They're yeah, um, yeah they're, they're not, not going to be good. Yeah, they're definitely not going to be good. And we will dive into another team that we think will improve, but still not be really good. Right after this quick break, folks. Now, folks, we've talked a lot about how important it is to build a healthy foundation for your health. And our next partner can help you do that. And that is, of course, AG1. If you've been around listening to the show for a while, you know all about them. But if you're new, let me tell you about them. AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. I personally like to add a little bit of lemon juice into mine. Science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. AG1 helps you build your health foundation 
first. So if you want a uh, healthy foundation, as strong as the Carolina Hurricanes Foundation is these days, AG1 has got you covered. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and go get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Go check it out, folks. Now, moving on up into the number seven spot, and that is the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're both in the same boat on that one. I do think they could potentially finish a bit higher. Uh, I do think they could maybe hit that that number six spot in the division. But outside of that, I think anything past that is a bit of a reach. But again, they are going to be an improved team from last year. Uh, And they added uh, Damon Severson and Ivan Provorov, like we mentioned. That's really going to add a boost to their blue line. But then the one that everyone's talking about is their first-round draft pick. I'm probably going to butcher the last name up, but Adam Fantilli. I probably butchered that. That's how I would. I mean, that's how I would say it. That doesn't mean it's right, but. Yeah, uh, but that's going to be a big addition. It's. And, of course, you know, they still have Patrick Line, They still have Johnny Gaudreau on that team. So they still have, you know, like some really good pieces. Uh, they did bring in Mike Babcock as head coach. Eh, he's an upgrade over what they had, uh, but still you're know, not a fan of him and his way of doing things. But, yeah, they're going to be an improved team, but they're still, they're still a ways away from, you know, contending that maybe they could be in a wild card bubble but i think that'd kind of be the ceiling for them at this point yeah i think there's you know there's kind of tiers to the metro right now there there may be two three four like the i think the flyers are in a tier by themselves because they're so bad i think the blue jackets and the team we have at six are in a tier um like you said i could see the blue jackets finishing six it's hard to see them going higher than that just because the other teams in the Metro are so good. And the, you mentioned the wild card bubble. We'll get to the Atlantic in a future episode, but I think there's teams from that division that are much more likely to contend for a wild card. So yeah, I don't, the, the blue jackets are interesting. They have a, a decent decor now, you know, with adding Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson to Zach Wierenski. I don't think yeah, Provorov is that good. Um, mm-hmm. They're also still playing Eric Goodbranson four million for three more years for some uh, reason that's beyond me. Have a pretty good group of wingers, you know, like mm-hmm. you you mentioned Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Line. That's a really good start. I have two issues with this team. There, there's no no one who's even close to being a number one, you know, top center that you need. I, I mean, obviously they drafted Adam Fantilli. Maybe the hope, I'm sure the hope is that he gets there, and he could. I think he's a really good player, really mm-hmm. good prospect, but asking him to be that in his rookie year. Now, guys have done it before, but yeah. I, I don't know how realistic that is. And then they're goaltending. Um, Elvis yeah. Merz-Lincolns and Daniil Tarasov. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I think they're on the right track. 
with some of the moves that they've made with drafting Fantilli, with upgrading their defense. Although, again, they paid a little bit more than I probably would for either. Well, actually, I think the Severson contract is reasonable. I, I don't know that I would have been that keen on bringing in Ivan Provorov. Like I said, I don't think he's awesome. I don't think he's a top-pairing defender. Um, but, you know, he, he's an upgrade, like you said, with Babcock over what they had. So I think they're improved. I just don't think they're improved enough to make a big jump up the division standings. They could prove me wrong. Um, they have players, you know, who are capable of, like Johnny Gaudreau. He, they have at least one, like, dude who can put mm-hmm. a team on his back. But just in this Metro division, I, I, it's hard for me to see them rising much higher than sixth, maybe fifth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of six, we can move on to there. And this is one that before we started recording, I totally forgot to put them on my list. Like, uh, be, yeah, because yeah, they've been when it tells you where they are these days, but it, yeah, it, exactly. And that is the Washington Capitals. Uh, they've had a pretty quiet offseason for the most part, really, with the two biggest moves they did was signing Max Pacioretty and then Tom Wilson to a long term extension. That was really it that they've done this offseason. They haven't done a whole heck of a lot. Now, you know, they obviously you know, have uh, one of the best players ever with Alex Ovechkin on their team. So, you know, they're not going to be, you know, god awful. They're not going to be Philly, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, putting them any higher than six is a bit of a reach for them at this point. They have really fallen off. Uh, they had their window of success, uh, but it has definitely gotten to that point for them where they're starting to peter out and you know they're gonna get to that rebuilding stage here before too long which is wild to think because they're so good for so long but it happens to everyone um but yeah washington really don't have high hopes for them they're kind of middle of the pack of the metro at best yeah, I think you're right. Now, like with them, it's a lot easier than it is with, say, Columbus. It, it's yeah. weird because there's like a range of outcomes. I can see them continuing to cl- decline further and finishing yep. below Columbus. It's also not like that hard to see them bouncing back and pushing for a wild card. I mean, yeah. like he's, they still have Alex Ovechkin. They still have Nicholas Backstrom. Mm-hmm. Still have Evgeny Kuznetsov. Still have TJ Oshie. Uh, some mm-hmm. of those, I mean, Oshie and you know, Backstrom, Ovechkin, all those guys are getting up there in age. I do think the Capitals are kind of in the point that the Blackhawks reached where they're officially on the bad side of the hump and they're, it's probably going to be a while until we see them in the playoffs again. You look at their blue line outside of John Carlson, there's not really anything that excites me. Their goaltending, Darcy Kemper wasn't very good in his first season mm-hmm. for them. Um, I do like Pacioretty. As a yeah. low risk, high re- potentially high reward signing for them if they stay healthy, especially if you can put him out there on that power, pl- that top power play unit with Alex Ovechkin, or on the second power play unit, give them another shooter for that. Um, I like that for them. Again, if he stays healthy, he's coming off two Achilles tears within the span of a year, so we don't know about that, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're on the same page here. I don't see them as a playoff team. 
they could be, but I, I think they're in their decline. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree there. I definitely think they're in their decline. Uh, one that you know, the other you know, uh, old guard team of the Metro has done a lot to avoid, and we'll talk about them later. Uh, but we will continue our Metro Division preview right after this quick break, folks. All right, folks, we are back, and we just t- finished talking about the Washington Capitals, and now next up for me, uh, I believe it's the same for you, is the New York Islanders. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and for me, them, Washington, and Columbus are all kind of interchangeable, really. Uh, I think, yeah, those can kind of all... They, they figure out where they figure out uh, pretty much. But the Islanders, much like uh, Washington, you know, just did not do a whole lot this offseason. If anything, it kind of feels like they took a step back. Um, you know, aside from trading for Bo Horvat, uh, the trade deadline, they've been really, really quiet uh, aside from, you know, just taking care of stuff in house with extensions. Um haven't really done a whole lot. Uh, I know, you know, they're obviously you know, an older team as well, kind of like Washington. Not as old as Washington, but they are an older team as well. So they at least do have the goaltending on their side. Uh, they did lock up Sorokin long term, so they do have that working for them. So that's going to give them an edge over Washington, as you can kind of see in our standings uh for me that was what gave them the edge over washington was just the fact that their goaltending is better maybe yeah that can help carry them uh like it did last year you know we saw it with the playoffs you know sorokin yeah he he really put that team on his back a lot so we'll see what happens with them but they're another team i don't have high hopes for this year uh but their goaltending is at least going to be something uh that could keep them in contention for sure yeah, I don't see the Islanders as a playoff team going into this year, but it's a lot easier to see them pushing and making it into the playoffs than it is with, say, Washington or Columbus, because a lot of what you just mentioned, Ilya Sorokin, uh, you can make an argument that he's the best goalie in the NHL right now. Um, just just elite, elite goaltending can, can steal games for them, can put the team on his back, like you said. Anytime you have a guy like that between the pipes, you've got a shot. Um, mm-hmm. I do think they're they're a bubble team, like more so than Washington or Columbus. They're on the bubble. Like they will be in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's going to be interesting for them, you mentioned Bo Horvat. Last year, Matt Barzell, Barzell was hurt for a while. Um, I yeah. do believe he was back for the playoff series against the Hurricanes, but the Islanders did not have much of what they're envisioning, you know, of Matt Barzell as their number one center. Horvat as their number two. So seeing them with a full season of that one-two punch down the middle that I mm-hmm. think is really good in Barzell and Horvat plus Sorokin in goal, you definitely can see them as a playoff team. I think the four teams that we have above them are just better. Although there's one that I could definitely see them finishing above. And then I think the Atlantic gets – um for probably gets four playoff teams this year. So I feel like the Islanders are, they could be the first team out mm-hmm. there. Like think of this in a, in a college um, basketball sense. We're talking about the bracket. They're either the first team out or the last team in 
I think, in the Eastern yeah. Conference playoff picture. But like I said, with Sorokin, with that one-two punch down the middle of Barzell and Horvat, it is a lot easier to see them having things break right and getting in than it is with some of the other teams that we have already talked about today. Yeah, I agree there. I definitely think that that is... It's going to be an interesting season for the Islanders, I think. Yeah, because like you said, you know, they're going to have healthy uh, players now, much like with, uh, like we talked about with Andrei Svechnikov and the Hurricanes. They didn't have him in the playoffs. Things could have went a whole heck of a lot differently had they had him. So, you know, we'll just see what ends up happening uh, with the New York Islanders this season. But we still have the top half of the Metro teams to get through, and we will do that in the next episode, folks. So make sure you are following along on the socials at LO underscore Hurricanes, myself at Jared Ellis underscore 96, and Andrew at Schnitt 53 And we'll talk to you guys in the next episode when we continue previewing the Metro division for this upcoming season. And as always, folks, let's go Canes. Ready? Do another intro.